Alrighty, welcome in, fellas. Welcome back. Short week this week. Seth Smith, Danny Espinoza, Garrett Smith. How we doing, guys? How's uh, how's your shortened week treating you? Awesome. <laughs> love it. What have you been up to? It. What are you guys up to? Same stuff. I was just still lifting, hitting, trying to uh, get ready for whatever this season is uh, is opened up, and uh, went for another mountain bike ride. Didn't fall this time, so I was pretty happy. I heard you smashed everyone though, Progress. right? You were out in front. Did be- did better. Did a lot better this time. I was. I did. Uh, did better. Stronger. Um, stronger ride for me for sure. Week by week, there it is. <laughs> yeah, weeks weeks going good, man. Uh, short weeks are always fun. Um, it always makes the next week following those so much harder because you're like, damn, it's yeah, one day longer. Yeah. But uh, now do- doing well. Uh, hopefully getting on a ride today, and you guys will both be happy. I bought some. Uh, some clipless shoes. Oh, so it's I'm happening. Uh, be making the, the transition pretty soon here. You're uh, in. I actually went around the block yesterday. I gave a little shot. It was great. And Danny, you were mentioning hitting and all that. Dude, my softball gig's coming right back up next week. I go to uh, Yuma for a tournament. Can't, so. can't keep the league down that long, baby. No, no, no. There's beers to be drank. Setting up, the, <laughs> setting up the tea and the soft toss net today. I'll be taking some hacks. Look at that. That is awesome. Nice. I uh, I did not get any swings in this week, fellas. Um, <laughs> I, did get, I did get myself in the water, though. Went kayaking. That was awesome. My neighbor uh, just offer up, bought a kayak, paddle, all kinds of stuff. It's a tandem. Took that bad boy out. and Yeah, it was awesome. Cut, nice. up, my, cut up my feet uh, <laughs> try, trying to get it in the water. So, yeah, it was off to a good start. But, uh, yeah, that was, get some, that was a lot some of fun. water shoes, bro. I know. That's the next, next investment for sure. Shout out to Olakai. I got a pair of those. Those things are awesome. So. Olakai, huh? I'll, I'll have to yeah. check them those out. Those are nice. Yeah. I'll look into that. Well, sweet. We'll get to the interview with Aaron Barrett shortly. Pretty awesome to have him on the air. Myself and Danny having a chance to know him. Prior to this interview, Garrett, you getting the chance to meet him for the first time, but I think you can see why he's uh, such a favorite for so many people. He was just so easy to talk to, funny, just a, a good aura about him for sure. Everything you're saying right there, I actually made notes. I was going to bring it up. Uh, is I mean, you guys clearly have that relationship set with him already, and it was, you know, it's very evident when you guys were all chatting about. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there was – it's easy to see why the guy is super, super rad guy. Um, made me feel real comfortable and, and we can talk just like you guys were, you know, um, I, I can understand why he's such a, a big part of a clubhouse um, environment and, and such a, a good guy to have around as a teammate and a friend. So. Yeah. He's a great guy. He's, you know, he's almost, he's almost overly nice, you know, um, <laughs> non-confrontational person just a great great guy and just uh you know you can tell in the interview he won't give him he won't give himself too much credit or you know he won't say anything uh bad or nothing he's just from what i remember playing with him is just i mean awesome awesome one of the best guys i've ever met yeah and to that point too like it's it's very understandable once you guys hear the story, it's very understandable why so many pulled for him, you know, why so many people were rooting for him and on his side to get him, um, whether it's teammates, coaches, or just fans, you know, this, the story is, it's a very fascinating story and, yeah. uh, and excited for everybody to hear it. Yeah. It's a, boy, what a journey, what a journey he's been on from his college days to professional career and, and now currently. So, we're stoked for you guys to uh, tune in and check it out. And right now, we'll send it to the interview with World Series champion Aaron Barrett. All right. Hello, hello. Welcome in. Connected by Seams. Big day here for us uh, with the podcast crew. First time for everything. And today, first time for us having a World Series champion joining us, a member of the 2019 Washington Nationals, Aaron Barrett. Aaron, thanks for joining us, man. How you doing? Great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you got it. A little bit about Aaron, as mentioned, 2019 World Series champ with the Nationals, pitching nearly 100 games, 93, if I'm not mistaken. Also knows our man Danny. Let's introduce this guy. We'll introduce Aaron Barrett. (laughs) Aaron Barrett is a guy who 
throws in the upper 90s, went to a terrible college, um, and had what a, what a terrible – and had a terrible idea to shave his beard. That was the worst decision of all. Not to go to college where he went, <laughs> nothing else, but to shave that beard was the worst idea you've ever had. I, I'm not working, so I decided to shave We're all it. out of work. <laughs> <laughs> true true backstory on, on Barrett um, came up when I was in the big leagues when I, when I was there in Washington. You know, did really well for us. Came down with arm injury. Um, had Tommy John who's rehabbing somehow has a bones that are made of steel or something. <laughs> I don't know. I don't never heard of anybody drilling through bone and breaking drill bits in someone's <laughs> arm. And then, um, you know, it took a long journey to, um, to get back to the big leagues, you know, fighting through his rehabs and setbacks and breaking his arm after he had Tommy John and, um, you know, to a point where people, I'll guarantee you 99% of baseball players would have given up 99% of any league that had this type of injury or setback would have given up. And he didn't was sent to double a there with Seth. Yes, sir. Seth was able to watch it all and, um, was able to, to recapture his dream and, and be back in the big leagues and then win a world series. I think that version was a little bit better. <laughs> Yeah, it's been a wild ride. I mean, um, it's almost like if you would have told me four years ago that was going to be the end result, I would have laughed in your face. I mean, I, I also was part of that 99% that was pretty close to giving up and um, just found a way, found a way to, to stop, to never stop believing. And, um, you know, and we'll get more into that as we go go through this. But well, no, it's a it's it's a remarkable story, and like you said, we'll get into it as we go along here, and and we'll just start kind of with your college days. Started as a junior college guy, went to Wabash Valley, and then to Ole Miss. I know you have huge pride in in being a rebel, and and I mean, arguably, depending on who you ask, one of the best environments to play in front of, etc. If you want to just elaborate on that, the uh, the best, the, the best, be yeah. Okay. Anything that sticks out or, or just kind of talk about uh, your college days at Ole Miss? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I, going to junior college for two years is really, really tough. And then you you kind of grind through those two years. And I was fortunate enough to go to Mississippi for two, and you just kind of get the best of, of everything. Um, obviously, Danny wouldn't know anything about this, but the SEC is uh, for sure oh, the most, the most oh, talented. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, here we go. Hold on. Starting early. Oh, yeah. We're one question in. Bad idea. Yeah. He's going to yeah. name drop. I already know. Yeah. Why do I need to? I think the world knows. Maybe the world should, knows so, you can, so you can give us an idea. Outside of Aaron Barrett, give me an idea. Ole Miss guys? Yeah. Uh, all right. That's we the got... answer. No <laughs> <laughs> disrespect to anybody out who went to Miss, you know, and went there and all the big leaguers that went there just joking. That's not true. Drew Pomeranz, Lance Lynn, Zach Cozart. Very good ball players. All very good ball players. Guys I played with and played against that. Um, I agree. Very good. Very, very good. It will not compare to your list. I, I know that. I'm just <laughs> I'm just talking trash. We have an extensive one. You you do. I'm a <laughs> It's probably honestly probably the most impressive list of any college baseball team, to be honest Ooh, with you. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out with you. Maybe Arizona. Oh, USC. I was thinking maybe Arizona State has a good one, too. Because Barry Bonds went there. The ASU? Yeah. Is that why you said that? No, I was thinking, what What was that team? Um, I'm thinking about the team that went the was that 2008. Was it Mike Leak and – Oh, yeah. Um, God, I can't think of who was on that team, but, yeah, it was a good team. Oh, it was Ike like, Davis and Brett Wallace. and yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> the Vanderbilt team back in the uh, Vanderbilt was good. Oh six, oh seven, oh seven, oh seven, maybe. Yeah, they had Minor Price, Casey Weathers, who never made it, but uh, Pedro, uh, Alvarez. Pedro Alvarez. Yeah, you had Ryan Flaherty. That's right. Yeah, 
Flash. Shout out to Flash if you ever listen to this. One of the best guys I've ever met. Well, do, were there yeah. any other schools a possibility for you, Aaron, or we just always set on Ole Miss? No, um, I had visits lined up to uh, – I took a visit to Louisville and Kentucky, and then I was going to Where was go that? Where did you take a visit to? Louisville and Louisville? Kentucky. <laughs> no, it's For everybody Louisville. who wants to. <laughs> <laughs> how do you pronounce yeah. the cap- How do you pronounce the capital of Kentucky? Louisville or Louisville? Louisville, like the bats. <laughs> I'd say Louisville. <laughs> I, I would go uh, Louisville. Well, I with three California three guys. I don't know. I'm talking oh, to three know. people that know how to speak proper English. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, all three of you are wrong because it's Frank. It's Frankfurt. Oh, sweet! Oh, wow! Just oh, like that, Barrett. big league okay. move. Big league yeah. move there. Okay. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. We appreciate we that. All, I didn't know that because I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> Kentucky. Well, Nothing. after after the Go glory on. days of, of Ole Miss, some people fortunate to get a call and drafted once. You got that call four times after getting drafted, what was it, 06, 08, 09, and then the Nationals finally, 2010, you go in the ninth round. Just kind of talk about that day. I, we had uh, Brandon Laird on. He had gotten drafted. It was his second time he signed. And for you, fourth time, I mean, that's crazy. What what has you kind of banking on yourself and going back to school and, and kind of trusting it's going to happen? Well, my first time I got drafted was kind of uh, back then in junior college. They had a uh, what's called draft and follow. So if a team drafted you, they could kind of follow you for two years and they had your right so they didn't have to redraft you, if that makes sense. But they got rid of that rule uh, after my first year of JUCO. So it was one of those things where I was kind of uh, kind of wet wait and see um you know i needed to get bigger and stronger and blah 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 so they're just kind of kind of following me around and um so it was a late 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 pick and then uh my sophomore year uh juco twins picked me and i was supposed to go high but obviously with my commitment to mississippi i you know use that as use that as leverage to um try to drive up my you know, asking price as high as I could because I thought that, well, if I could pitch the way I know I'm capable of and, you know, obviously pitching the SEC, best conference that there is, (laughs) uh, if I I do that there, then, you know, I'll I'll make my money regardless. And uh, so I turned down a really good chunk of of money to the Twins and decided to go get my – further my education and go have a great time at Ole Miss and obviously um it didn't work out my junior year I actually got shelled in my like I was a Friday night starter the, my first five starts and it just didn't go very well just got just didn't do well um I finished strong out of the bullpen still got drafted just again um I like I said I turned down a lot of money in the first place and I knew ultimately that the money was in the big leagues um so you know, signing after my junior year wasn't going to, you know, get it done for me. So I decided to go back for my senior year, ultimately met my wife, um, finished getting my degree and had a great time. And, you know, obviously uh, it worked out going in the ninth round as a senior. Didn't get the money, but at the, end, but at the end of the day, I, uh, you know, I knew that the money was ultimately going to be in the big leagues. And it, it, it worked out. Well, yeah, that day, uh, that day finally came, 2014, opening day roster, man. You make your debut on opening day uh, against the Mets, pitching the ninth inning. You also earn the win. You, get, you checked about every box off you could all in one game. So that's uh, a pretty cool journey. Going from, hey, uh, that was my first ever big league spring training, you know, so going to make the team to, you know, two days later, go to New York City, uh, holy cow. Uh, you're in the big leagues, like what's going on? Opening days, uh, opening days happened, and they actually they called down the seventh. And we were losing, and I was I started warming up. Then we tied the game, so they were like, "Hey, sit down." Uh, so Storm went in, then Clipper went in the eighth. Then it was still tied in the ninth because I was thinking debut might get a little kind of a cushion game, and. Nope, nope, not the case. <laughs> Tie game ninth. I'm like, all right, let's go. Um, but I'll, I'll never forget that day because uh, Desi was playing short and uh, LaRoche was playing first. 
and they both took time to like when I ran out there they both took time to kind of call me down and told me hey this is you only get one one first big league um, debut so just enjoy it soak it all in and uh, and have some fun and I'll never forget that like because I I was so like focused in just trying to you know not yeah. screw it. I mean, um, so that was really cool that they allowed me to do that, and it, it went well. And obviously, we scored in the in the next half, and I ended up getting a beer shower in the shower for getting my first win. I mean, amazing! That that team was so fun. I mean, I had such great teammates uh, on that team, including Danny. That was the best one, hands, hands down. <laughs> Did you guys click right away? Because sometimes, I mean, I don't know at the big league level, but as far as position players, pitchers, or ways your locker near each other, how'd you guys kind of like? No, we put him in the we put him in the shitter. (laughs) (laughs) I I tried to stay out of everyone's way, just like just keep my head down, be a rookie. You know, spoke when you're speak when you're spoken to. Uh, But Danny was always always super friendly to me. Um, never had any issues. I'd always get beers for him on the plane. And, no. You know, <laughs> I was not. I would for never, him or from him? I know, no, from me. I would never, ever, and I never have. And to this day, I never have asked anybody to get me a beer. That, that, that is, is true. That is that bullshit. Is true. <laughs> I know. That is true. Danny always got his own beers. Um, I, um, yeah, he was, he was awesome. I mean – like you said, when you're young, you just keep your head down and go about your business. But Aaron, Aaron was well liked. Um, you know, a lot of the guys, you know, really, really brought him in. Um, you know, I, I don't know if it's kind of somewhat because he was goofy and he was so green, you know, so green on everything that that maybe that was part of it. But I mean, every, nobody had a single problem with him, and not just a single problem. Everyone liked him, so it was easy to um, want him on a team out of spring training, and it was easy to root for him to have success. Did, did he have a beard at that point, or was he clean-shaven? I was, I was clean because I was in the minor league, so we weren't allowed to have facial hair. Uh, so I didn't know any better. I, did, I didn't start growing my facial hair until, like, the end of, end of that year. And then that's kind of when the, the bear mantra kind of, you know, with the facial hair and all that stuff. and. I definitely no. I I do love my beard. I just not working right now. So I figured, hey, try to get some sun on this face, and then uh, <laughs> hopefully we will get back to work. I'll grow it back out. Which well, is I, so I, funny I, I never Danny, understood why Danny. they called him a bear. Well, it's just a nick. It's just a nickname for because it's short for Barrett. That that's really that's it. I thought it was the whole claw thing because your hands were so little. It looked like a little bear claw grabbing grab a baseball. <laughs> That's also true too. <laughs> well, that's in the fine print. He used to throw fastball with four fingers. <laughs> <laughs> they make. I have small hands. That's so true. For everyone, if you didn't get it, it's not didn't a lot. Get it. I was. I was in the Burger King commercial. I mean, I got these hands. <laughs> yes, hundred percent. Well, you became a st- uh, mainstay Ooh. that year in 14 and then um, unfortunately ran into some injuries. Tommy John in September of 2015. And then on top of that, you're rehabbing in Florida, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and you, what was it? You fractured the, the humerus bone in your, your right arm, right? Same arm, fractured the humerus bone, needed two plates, 16 screws. Is that's that correct? That's, that's Good correct. Wow. What what is what happened? You were just playing catch. Were you throwing uh, aside because you were rehabbing? So how much were you were you doing as uh, like was it structured? You know, or just kind of free thing? No, it was. Um, there they still don't have. I still don't have an answer to how or why uh, when it happened. Um, they're labeling on just one of the probably the one of the freakiest things ever to happen on a baseball field. Um, I was one week away from going, starting my big league uh, rehab assignment. So I was probably close to three, three, maybe four weeks to getting back, back to DC uh, and rosters going to expand September. And the plan was going to, you know, going to be back in, uh, back in the big leagues, but it just was a one inning 
uh, 20-pitch sim game and everything. I was feeling good, normal. Velo was back. You know, I was throwing 94, 95 that day. Um, and as on my 11th pitch, a forcing fastball away. And as I was accelerating my arm forward, my arm literally snapped in half. And uh, I don't remember where the ball went. The guy said the ball kind of went like up the fence. Uh, we had two guys, two guys puke in the dugout. It's how kind of oh. nasty, nasty it was. Um, <laughs> oh, Matt, 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 Matt is one of those guys. Yeah, I was uh, reading Dusty Baker like took the video away and like put it on a hard drive so no one could ever see it or something like that. Like it, yeah, they, cause it was. It was so gruesome, um, and obviously, like I, I went, I was screaming. Uh, I went in shock, and the video, I guess, is not not uh, one for the weak stomach. And so they, yeah, they put they locked it up, put it on a on a hard drive, and said no one's no one's ever gonna watch this. Well, a quote straight from the article I was reading: Barrett underwent surgery performed by Dr. James Andrews, which left two plates and 16 screws embedded in the bone of his arm. Andrews later compared the fracture to the kind of traumatic injury he would expect to see from a cra car crash victim. And this happened on a baseball field. That is, I've never never heard anything about that. And it just it kind of just adds to what makes your story even more remarkable and why if you didn't understand the 99%, I hope you do now. I mean, that's unreal, man. When, when the doctor came in and you went under, you know, went in there, they reviewed you. What was your first reaction to him saying, this is what needs to happen? I mean, 16 screws is pretty ridiculous. And I mean, that's, that's <laughs> remarkable. Like, um, honestly, they, they didn't have, uh, well, first off, I was so drugged up because I broke my arm on Friday and I went to the ER on Friday and Dr. Andrews doesn't operate on the weekend. So I had to wear it on Saturday, I had to wear it on Sunday, just fully loaded up. Yeah, sorry, Doctor Andrews. Don't want to mess up your schedule. They don't make an exception for that. Don't want to get in the way of your schedule. My arm's hanging off backwards. I'll just wait till Monday. So it was terrible. So we drove up. We had to drive because I couldn't fly due to the pressure of the plane. So Danny remembers John Catridis, and he's our he's our one of our rehab coordinators. Well, he so he he and my wife basically flew or not flew drove up to Pensacola. It's about an eight nine hour drive, and I'm just. Again, I don't remember hardly any of it. I'm loaded up on pain meds. Get there on Sunday. Uh, next thing you know, like, go literally prepare for surgery Monday morning. I get get there like 4 a.m. And <clears throat> Andrews, to get back to your question, <clears throat> Andrews didn't know what he was going to do. Like, uh, to my arm, they just basically I, – I know what they're going to do either. Um, we disagreed that – Something needs they to be need, done. <laughs> they need they, they need they need to somehow fix it. So uh, I know it was Dr. Andrews, two elbow and uh, wrist specialists, four trauma surgeons, and then obviously the guy, uh, two guys that handling all the hard. Like they literally had like a full you got on the A squad. Oh, it was so the the surgery is supposed to last about four hours. They predicted. It lasted six and a half because they get get to the surgery part. What Danny was saying earlier, uh, when they're drilling the screws in my bone, the drill bits would, were breaking off in my bone because my bone was so hard. So like oh, you can't this, you can't even do that with concrete. Like <laughs> they have concrete to doesn't get <laughs> concrete doesn't <laughs> two drill bits off that much. Boy, drink is yeah, milk. <laughs> They had to yeah, replace no. dr drill bit uh, all 16 times, one for each screw. So, like, th whoever the hardware company was, Striker or whoever it was, they made absolute bank on my arm. <laughs> if you guys know, I know a funny story about Aaron is that Aaron could throw right. strikes, okay? But, no, I but what he couldn't do is intentionally walk somebody. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs>
I do so, remember that. I do remember so, that. Yep. <laughs> after we found after we found that out, we you know next time we come up, we're like they want to intentionally walk. We're like, hold on, time out. We need to get to the mound and have a team meeting real quick. So like, can they, can can we do this or you know can, can you just throw? What if the catcher just goes in the other batter's box and you throw four balls? Doing. So we started, we started intentionally, doing. unintentionally walking people with them. Well, one time, I can still remember who was hitting him. He throws two balls in the other batter's box. Umpire calls it a strike. I mean, <laughs> he's trying to walk him and literally strike, striking. I remember the batter looking back like, you're kidding me. Like, I'm, I'm not talking white line. I'm talking in the batter's box balls. Oh, God. Not even close. Not even close. And he's like, it's two and two and – our dugout's like, guys, throw, throw it in the other batter's box. It's like, it is. <laughs> he did throw it in the other batter's box. Your pain meds. But you know, Bear, you know, Bear ended up getting him out. He swung. <laughs> he swung. He had to. He had to cover a 14-foot plate. Yeah. <laughs> he, he swung and, and popped out to Rendon and foul territory. Yep. And I just remember walking in and – Williams was <laughs> so mad. He was so mad at me because I because I didn't walk him. Yeah, and we, he could, he, we know he just I was like he, he couldn't. I'm like it's not my I, fault. It's two balls. <laughs> yeah, they're in the other batters. Watch box. the video. Wow, well, quite the ride for Aaron Barrett from his days at Ole Miss, um, going all the way to his opening day roster, the injury, having to wait till Monday. Dr. Andrews, all kinds of things uh, in that first half of the interview from Aaron Barrett. Pretty wild stuff. Um, but fellas, we'll dive in. But for me, I mean, opening day, he makes the roster finally. Um, he does it on opening day, gets his MLB debut, first win, checks it all off the uh, off the box there, as as mentioned in the interview. And, and Danny, you got to be there firsthand if you want to kind of just talk about what that's like and your experiences with Aaron. Yeah, I mean, he came into camp. Um, to be completely honest, I don't know if any of the older guys knew him that well. You know, it was his first big league camp. Um, he comes into camp, he does well, and ended up. Uh, I think we, a lot of us were rooting for him because we started seeing him pitch in spring training, and we're going, okay, this guy can, can really help us. And so, he comes out of the uh, manager's office back into the locker room in spring training and tells us that he made a team. And it was just, you know, everyone was happy for him. And, you know, it, that's awesome. you root for a guy like Aaron, even prior to his injury, he's a good guy. Um, he did everything right as far as as a young guy uh, in spring training, staying quiet, not, not being in the way, which to a lot of veterans is a big deal. They don't want to hear – a young guy's voice they don't want to hear your stories from high school you know they don't, they don't care you yeah. know we're we're in a, we're, in a, we're in a bigger stage and um you know Aaron is just such a good dude and everyone was so supportive of him and to see that first I can remember that first day when when he got that he got that win and it was kind of funny because everyone was joking. It was like, ah, just that easy, honey. You just come in, your <laughs> yeah. first game, big game, get your win. You know, you get your debut, you get a win. Yeah, you, get, you know, yeah, it's just like how, did, how did everything happen at once. But pretty cool. It was, it was awesome. Great guy. I'm so happy to see him back in the big leagues. And then to win the World Series, obviously, is, you know, unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, to, to touch on uh, his first day and him telling the story about Ian Desmond and Adam LaRoche coming over and pulling that, that veteran status and, you know, letting him take in the moment, understanding what it meant, and to never forget that and, and help him, you know, to, to relax his nerves and get him through that, that day. And I think that that's awesome to hear. Um, I mean – Danny, you you knew both of those guys well as, and I I've always heard in the baseball world that those two guys know what they're know what they're doing. They're they're big league guys. Yeah, they're they're and, they're both great. They're both great guys. Adam, again, Adam, one of the best people you you can ever meet yeah, in your life. Genuine person. Absolutely. Ian, Ian's still one of my good friends who I talk to probably weekly. Wow. Yeah, and and for the, both of them to do that for him on you know opening day, just all that adrenaline, and I think that's I, I thought that was really cool. 
And yeah. just the overall story for him to get to that point, I mean, drafted four times. I mean, four <laughs> times. That's ridiculous. And most yeah. people maybe get drafted twice. They jump on that opportunity the second time because they're like, well, shit, it's, it's now or never. He got drafted right. four times. Like, that's – got to be a record there yeah he's betting uh, on himself there for sure for, you know not having yeah. a talk, coming out bad year or whatever whatever the situation was whether it was more money whatever it was he's betting on himself to come out the next year and, and do it again or have a better year yeah he mentioned he was multiple of those years he got shelled it was not good um so to not even take that as is crazy but it just goes back to his mental strength you know what i mean like that takes a lot to say shoot Maybe I really ain't. I'm not good enough right now. I, I should go back and do this, do that, no matter if you're getting drafted in the whatever round you are, you know? Probably because he was just so tied into Ole Miss, he didn't want to leave. So. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I think we all, I think we all heard his love for the, uh, for the Rebs and the SEC. That was, that was a good debate. But you, dude, we should write down the uh, – I mean, the Long Beach State alum, I think I think you have, like you said, a lot, a lot of people beat there. But it was cool. It's, it's cool to hear the a, banter. It took him a minute to rattle off some names from his own. So <laughs> they, were not, uh, they were good names. They were good names. They were good names. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. No, it was it was cool. But, yeah, IG, I like that part, too, of, of LaRoche and um, Desmond doing that for him, especially it obviously – ingrained enough to he he did it for his second comeback you know what I mean um Mm -hmm. he still remembered it still had everything in mind um and was able to go back to that moment so it just kind of shows how much that touched on him uh which is cool pretty cool but we don't want to give away too much more so we'll get back to the rest of the interview hear the rest of the uh overall journey of Aaron Barrett all right, so as you're, uh, you're going through rehab, you've gone through the whole two plates, 16 screws, you finally make it out, finally get back on the mound. You've gone through uh, the struggle of, I'm sure, everyday struggle of telling yourself you can do it and get back. And, and finally, you, you appear in your first professional game uh, since 2015. Uh, in June of 2018, struck out three batters. Boy, how good did that feel getting back? So... I've, of all my entire minor league career, I've spent more time in short season in double A than anywhere else. Uh, really? Yeah, I went to short season three times. Jesus. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Once, I mean, <laughs> well, first year I sucked, so I had to go back. And then uh, obviously going back as a 30, 30 year old, that wasn't ideal, but. I didn't really have a choice. Yeah, um, it's rehab. Yeah. So, um, yeah, again, it, it was a, something I didn't think was ever going to happen, obviously. I mean, it took uh, – I couldn't throw a ball until my bone healed, so it took a whole year for the bone to heal. Mm. Um, so, yeah, just uh, get back in that competitive atmosphere again. Um, you know, again, because I just didn't know if it was ever going to happen. Um, it was just a lot of fun. Was there anything in the back of your mind that was like, oh, God, what if what if something does happen? Like, what, what, how do you overcome that kind of uh, mystery? Uh, like, me- mental side of it. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. The, the mental side for sure was, I mean, obviously, as you guys know, baseball, the mental side is so important and – probably more grueling than, than the physical side. Um, but my mental side of it was once I finally got to a place where I knew that my arm was completely healed, I knew that you're not going to break it again. I mean, and I, I basically had to tell myself, listen, if you have Tommy John again or if you throw a ball and you break your arm again, like you're, you're done. That, that's it. You're – one, they told me if I did, if I were to do that, if I break my arm again, I will never be able to throw a baseball, and I'll never be able to have normal functionality of my arm. So that was super scary, obviously, and I had to get over that. But I also knew, well, shit, if I get to a certain point in my rehab, and I believe in it and I trust it, 
my arm is basically like indestructible. Um, as long as I'm putting myself mechanically and I had to readjust all my mechanics to make sure that the stress was being minimized. I had to make sure um, that I was getting in the right place. And once I got over that mentally, I mean, it took a long, 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 long time. Um, but I started believing in it and trusting it. Um, and it just started getting better and better. But there were times where I would throw, literally, I would throw a pitch or after the outing, my arm would just start to throb for no reason. And my brain was just telling me, don't do that. Like, because last time you threw, your arm broke. And I had to literally retrain my brain to tell, you know, tell myself that, you know, I had to retrain how to throw baseball again. I had to retrain my brain that, you know, it's okay. Yeah, I think that's the side that, that people forget is is that thought process of, I mean, you, you, I mean, want to believe you physically can do it, but you got to convince yourself mentally. So yeah, you had a couple of obstacles to hurdle there to say the least. Um, was it something that was always, you were kind of told like, Hey, like it's, I want you to know if you do get to where you want to, it's going to be nearly impossible. Like were those kind of words that were said to you, uh, et cetera, by doctors and, and those kind of people? Yeah. I, I saw some doctors that, um, I mean, including, including myself, I mean, and trainers and people, um, no one's ever done this before. So yeah. I didn't have a protocol. I couldn't follow anybody. Like there wasn't, you know, where Tommy John is like, okay, you do this at month one or month six and go from there. We literally made up the whole thing because no one's ever Nothing done go it. off. Yeah. Not, not, so we just kind of like waters for sure. Yeah. So we just kind of, Hey, you want to do this today? All right. That felt good. Okay. We'll, we'll <laughs> figure it out the next day. It's crazy. It was crazy. How do so, you guys uh, ice your arm? Do you guys have like dry ice? You just dip that bionic arm down there. And just, <laughs> <laughs> just, like, it, was, it was like, do, do you have, in a do you have to ice anymore? Just, I mean, do you have to ice? Do you still have normal throwing pains? It's all a little bit different. I definitely, I do still ice. I contrast. Uh, I don't really ice. I definitely contrast more than anything. If I, if I were to ice, um, yeah, it's it's different. It's definitely I get soreness, um, but in places that obviously I didn't used to. So like, one of my plates actually goes uh, a little bit past my elbow joint on the outside, and so for a long, long time, um, I would get where the uh, plate connects to the extensors on the outside of this right here on the outside, it just didn't feel right. I mean, I would just get shooting pains and just, it just, just not normal. Um, so like, obviously my elbow can only extend, like I can't even get full extension and I never will just because of the limitation of the plates and the screws. Um, so it's all a little bit different, but it's like, it's a new normal, if that makes sense. Yeah, I get that. I can't, I can't, I can't straighten my arm. I have that hole. <laughs> yeah, I don't have screws, you but like arms. my you arm, throw my, are, my, you throw my arm goes about like if, if everyone can lay their arm down flat and go straight, mine's like at a ninety degree angle. <laughs> yeah, Danny, Danny, you throw a hundred. Yeah, I should have pitched. If I could throw a hundred, I should have pitched. <laughs> Danny's got a rocket. All rocket. Bad. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, it's like it's like how 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 do you treat, you know, how do you treat a bionic arm in the sense like like you said there is no protocol to this. There's you know, they don't know what to do. They probably I mean it was you know trial by error. It really was. Um, you know, the laughing the laughing joke was uh, I put this giant WD forty can in my locker. So, you know, and one of the reporters actually came up to me and was like, hey, Oh, my put, God. Where you actually put that on your arm? I'm like, yeah, I do. And they're like, oh, wow. that's." An, I'm like, no, you idiot. <laughs> oh, you no, should have done hey, like you, a little you, test run and just spray it yeah. on. Like, you should have shown him like I have, a little, I have a little hole in the back of my elbow. I can just like get the straw in there and it just lubes it up but automatically. <laughs> They would have believed it. There would have been a story in the Washington oh, Post yeah. about it. <laughs> no, but hey, then you fast forward and 
you take all of this into consideration. Last last season uh, in Harrisburg with the Senators, 31 saves, and then you get the uh, the message. Probably the the best one that you've received. The video went viral. If you haven't seen it, uh, anyone listening, just search Aaron Barrett and it'll pop up. Uh, manager Matt Lee Croy. Boy, you could really just feel it in his heart, honestly, and just really see that he meant it. But him uh, telling you in front of your teammates that. Uh, you're going back to the big leagues and so cool to see it. And shout out to the senators putting that together as well. But man, just, I'm chills just, just thinking about it. Yeah. Just talk about that, yeah. man. Like uh, again, go watch the video, everyone. Cause it is, it's pretty dang special. If you can, if you can just kind of talk about that. Man. Yeah. I think it just kind of, uh, um, emotionally, um, kind of the last four years, obviously I've been through what I've been through and you just kind of, uh, have this goal you set in mind you know you want to make it back and I mean that's the whole point why I mean that's why I'm doing it obviously make it back to the big leagues and um you know I was actually a little bit disappointed that day because the rosters expanded on September 1st and I was like I was like okay I put myself in the best possible position you know if it's gonna happen it's gonna happen it's fine and it didn't happen I was like damn like all right, well, maybe after playoffs, you know, the double-A playoffs, maybe it'll happen, but I'm not going to get my hopes up. And um, September 3rd comes around, and we're just having a workout before we go uh, – is it with Bowie? Bowie. We're going to Bowie? Yeah. Bowie. And then, obviously, you'll see on the video kind of bring it up. And, you know, my, my manager, Lee Croy, I had him as my double-A manager back in 2013, and then he was our big league bullpen coach in 14 and 15 when I was there. And obviously my manager again last year. Um, so for him to deliver the message was super, um, I mean, it was so just heartfelt and um, I love him. And it was, it was obviously a moment I'll never forget. I mean, just super emotional and just cu- couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. Yeah. I, yeah, I have to admit, I knew about a little birdie in my year had told me, and it was, that was probably the hardest secret to have to keep because I remember sure. you all year, man, of just, you had one goal in mind, you know, everything was, was to get back to the big leagues. And I think everyone knew that teammate wise and staff, everyone that was around you on a daily basis uh, definitely felt that. And I mean, it made it that much more special for sure. Clearly the nationals had, had that in mind too, because they <laughs> wanted it. They've held on to you. Like, look at, yeah. look at the journey you went and they they've stuck with you. So that, that means something for sure. Yeah, Absolutely. Full credit to them um, for even, you know, give me a chance to continue the rehab with them. Obviously, I know they felt terrible about what happened to my arm, and there was a lot of doubt. I think it, it, when we first started uh, the rehab process, it was just kind of like, hey, let's just get his arm back to functioning because uh, they just felt so bad for what happening. And then, you know, we went through the process like, hey, let's try and throw. And it just, again, they were – there every step of the way and um there's been a really really great organization for me and they just continue to give me an opportunity uh to get back and um yeah it's i i'm glad that i made it back with you know ultimately back with the nationals to kind of complete the the process and just amazing i don't want you to discredit what you did they did not do that they did not put your time and heart and work into it that was not them that was you that was you not giving up. Yes, thank you, Nationals, for treating Aaron Barrett so well. But don't anybody think that what he did was because of them. It was because he dedicated four or five years of not just playing. It wasn't playing. He dedicated four or five years of rehabbing to get back to where he had been. Well said. Thanks, Danny. Well said. Sure. Well, yeah, absolutely. All that hard work paid off when uh, you got to put the Nationals uh, uniform back on. You're in a big league clubhouse again, first appearance uh, against the Braves, and you strike out Ronald Acuna on that devastating slider you're known for. Uh, And then, again, another clip, you in the dugout just letting it all out. Had had you – I mean, how does that – you don't know, scouting report, anything like that. Like, are you – when you're facing Ronald Acuna, like, how do you put that information of, like, you you were in the bigs, now you've gotten back and you're – uh, facing a guy that's about to take over the big leagues, you know? Um, yeah, we, I mean, we go through scouting reports, but it was one of those things where, obviously, I'm new to him. 
he is yeah. new to me. And for my first game back, I was <laughs> everything's a side, right? Like, you're, yeah, you're just. I try to throw, throw strikes. I mean, honestly, if you if you look at my uh, my first game back, it's kind of so. I actually warmed up um, in the first three games when I made. So I warmed up in on the uh, on the third, the fourth, and the fifth. And it was the kind of joke Danny is like, oh, Barrett's back, you know, warming up every day. <laughs> but it was one of those things where, you know, finally I, I finally got my name called to go in. And I was just so – nerves were just everywhere, obviously, super emotional. I was just trying to lock it in. And obviously we're still in a playoff hunt, so we can't really – necessarily throw away any games so I also knew that in the back of my mind as well um but I was you know when I get out there the first guy I faced I threw four straight balls and I just remember getting on the back of the mound and go dude like this is not it like <laughs> because let's go you know um so I, I just remember just trying to really try to slow the game down big time taking huge deep breaths um, and now I'm facing Tehran, you know, the next guy, uh, which is the pitcher. I'm like, all right. And I, and I go two Oh, the Tehran. I'm like, are you, dude, Uh-oh. let's go. Like, come on. I'm like, golly. Uh, and I finally throw a couple strikes over there and he, fa- he's trying to bunt and he foul fouls it off in the foul territory and Zim catches it. I remember telling him out to the outing, like Zim, you got to drop that, get my strike on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. Then facing Acuna, you know, I think after I got that first out, kind of nerves, kind of like, okay, you're good. That and pitcher went, spot might have been like your biggest blessing. You know what I mean? I know, I yeah. know. And that, and then I went three pitches to Acuna, struck him out, and then got Albies on changeup out front, and just, you know, I just remember just walking off the mound, and I just, it happened so fast. And I was trying to process it and take it all in, just kind of going back to my debut, remembering what Desi and Rochi told me. And this one just felt – not that my debut wasn't special, but this was just a different type of special, you know. It's, and I just remember all the countless hours and days and months and years of just why, – why, do do, why are you doing this to yourself? You know, there, there's so many – dark days that I had um and it just all hit me at once and like you did it man like this is this is why you did it and uh you know I had so much love for my from all my teammates and um it was it was just super surreal you 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 dream of the moment you know you picture it you try to envision it put yourself in that moment so that you know what to expect and it was unlike anything that I could ever imagine um and that's where you know you see the emotions just come out and it's just awesome yeah you're two months from that call up to shoot we go into the run you guys into the playoffs you're throwing out the first pitch um I mean talk about just kind of the reception you got from the fans too and how cool that is and uh their appreciation for your hard work I mean like I said the video went viral for many different reasons but just the uh the the way kind of people responded to that was was pretty cool to see no it's it's definitely baseball you know and being in the big leagues definitely gives you a a special platform um and you know i i think a lot of people you know no matter what walk of life you're going through there's always going to be good times and bad times and and certain things you're going to be going through in life and i just trying to take what i've gone through and try to apply it to to other people and and tell them that you know no matter what you're going through you you can do it no matter what you know you keep your head down and and just attack each day um you can literally do anything you set your mind to you just have to go out there and believe it and and go do it and so it was really neat to you know obviously have the reception that I did and um, being able to throw out the first pitch and wild card game, never would have thought I'd ever do that in a million years. And I just kind of took that moment. I didn't know if I wanted to do it because I, I didn't want to take away from someone. You know, we have so many people that are deserving of it. Um, and then I realized, you know, if, if I can bring – you know, I wasn't on the active roster, so if I can bring something to the table, I can try to get that crowd rolling fired as up. much as I can. Fired, fired up. Fire, why, why not? Yeah. 
So, um, yeah, I went out there and um, do you, obviously the, did you just black out during that moment. Like, what? Like, do you even see who? I don't even know who was catching you, but like, I mean, that's Lee crazy. Well, no way. Yeah, Lee Croy came and caught. Oh caught my, my first gosh! Goal. How do you even? How do you even get it across the plate with did motion? Man? I did. I did. I, well, I one. I threw a ball. Surprise! <laughs> surprise! But uh, yeah, Lee Croy surprised surprised me and was behind home plate when I when I walked out. It was sick. Wow. Uh, no, it it was so cool. I mean, that, it was hands down probably the loudest that I've heard Nats Park uh, in a long, long time. That's a heck of a start. And then you guys go on the run. You, uh, as mentioned, now a 2019 World Series champion. How does that uh, affect your off season? Are you more recognizable now? Or are you walking around town and people know who you are? Is that what's no, it is like? That why you shave the beard? Yeah, incognito now. Shave the beard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe, maybe that's why. Uh, <laughs> He's got an no. alias now in a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's Danny Espinosa. But are you busier? Uh, I mean, that. No, no one will ever call for sure. I mean, uh, you're, you're joining shows like Connected by Seams. Like, dude, you got to be a busy guy, right? Well, Everyone wants to hear the story. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's just, uh, it's, it's kind of, it's really storybook, honestly. I mean, you just really can't make it up. I mean, again, if you were to tell me five years ago what were you know what was going to happen, um, I wouldn't have believed it. And just the mate of all the years, you know, to make it back this year, and then the, the for the the Nats to cap it off and win a World Series, and I'm able to to obviously put a ring on my finger, like. You just can't – you can't make it up. You really can't. And uh, I've been super blessed, and, um, you know, it's, it's just amazing. It's uh, been, a, been a heck of a ride and crazy. How have you been handling the offseason as far as with everything up in the air? Are you – you know, you're training, you're, you're throwing resume. Someone in particular like yourself with the injury, you know what I mean, with the past, you obviously don't want to overdo it. How do you – how are you balancing that out to stay fresh? Yeah, just honestly, just uh, trying to treat it, you know, not like I'm in season, but trying trying to maintain what you've gained in the off season. Uh, working out a few times a week and throwing some bullpens, and just trying to keep your arm in shape. But you don't want to, you know, in case we do go into a longer season, you're not trying to overdo it because then you're pitching way more than you're supposed to be. So there's just that fine – there's that balance of, uh, you know, not doing too much but making sure you're staying ready in case the call comes and we have to leave tomorrow. So – but it's going well. I feel great. I think, honestly, the time off for me has been almost a blessing because I – you know, I threw a bullpen on Game 7 of the World Series, which would have been uh, October 30th or the 31st, whichever one it was. And this is the longest I've ever thrown in my entire career. And especially coming back from, obviously, you know, my first real full season being healthy. Uh, I'd had such a short off season, you know, I had to jump right back into it. And I don't think that my arm necessarily had that regular off season yeah. that I needed. So this time off has actually been – really good for me to be able to strengthen up everything the, the way that I normally would for an off season. So I really hope we do play because I'm, I feel really good. <laughs> Ready to rock and roll. Good news for you. <laughs> you mentioned uh, you met your wife uh, at Ole Miss. What you got? Wife, kids. Tell us about the family life. Where are you at now? Georgia? Yeah. Uh, I'm in Smyrna, Georgia. I'm actually uh, about five minutes from the Bray Stadium, which was kind of actually full circle going back to the debut back uh it's just wild that the my game back was in atlanta and so like all my family and friends everyone was you know staying at my house and we just had a huge party obviously afterward after the game it, i mean it's just again you can't right. make it you up. can't make that up it's truly a storybook no. ending man that is uh so, that's crazy ending it's but, a start Beginning. Yeah, that's right. We're just getting started. But yeah, my wife, uh, yeah. we met at Ole Miss. She, she played soccer there. Um, you know, I, she said that I chased her cleats. So <laughs> we'll go with that. Uh, I, I probably agree with her. Uh, 
but yeah, met her. We have a uh, beautiful daughter. She's two and a half and just conquering the world right now. Um, and we are expecting our first baby boy in September. So hey, congratulations. Congrats. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Hey, yeah. There it is. Well, fellas, do you have anything else for him? Yeah, I mean, I knew I knew a little bit about your story, but it's super inspirational. Uh, you should write a book. <laughs> I think that Danny should narrate it on audio. Hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, no, I. He would, I'm, he would I'm be happy good. to meet you. I'm an inspirational speaker. <laughs> Thanks, man. It's nice to meet you too. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, and uh, looking forward to to what the future holds for you, and and hopefully you guys get out there soon and get the season underway. Because uh, I'm jonesing for it, so I can only imagine what the players are feeling like. So I hope we get something done too. Because I, I do too. We all want to. We all want to see Major League Baseball back on. You know, back on TV. Yep. Mm-hmm. America, America needs it, and yep. Um, so hopefully we'll get something done. Yep, I agree. I hope it gets done. I hope something gets done fair for you guys. And so we can see, you know, the best the best players playing on TV again. So we can have something to enjoy again. I mean, it's best sport in the world. So can't wait for it to get done and be able to watch that on TV. Same. I mean, there's just so many good SEC players to watch. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> One last time. <laughs> I had to. I had to. Well, Stu, I appreciate you coming on, Aaron. I appreciate you. I never really got to say a formal goodbye from Harrisburg. Uh, I left. Big league the hell out of you. I left with a couple games left, but (laughs) you sure made it fun to show up to the yard every day, man. Whether you knew it or not, you made my job easier. I feel like if guys saw you doing something, they they could buy into it. So I appreciate you. You are the. ultimate pro and uh thank you for all that man thanks for joining us too that's what happens when you're 31 and double a hey you get it though (laughs) you didn't have to you didn't have to but but we appreciate it man it was uh no thanks man i appreciate it thanks for having me and it's been a pleasure holler if you ever need anything yes sir thank you very much good luck uh moving forward and uh we'll talk to you soon man see you thanks Thanks, see you bro later guys see ya see ya so we hear the wrap-up interview there with uh, World Series champion Aaron Barrett, who makes it all the way onto that stage and that platform and goes through his entire journey uh, to get where he is now. And it's a remarkable story. And um, I think everyone, as we mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, really kind of gets to see his personality, his uh, mental strength, his not not just what he can do on the field. We obviously know what he can do on the mound. Um, but just what he can overcome is the adversity, the struggles, the being told you can't do something or it's nearly impossible is, is pretty crazy. And, and it sounds so cliche when you hear people say, and you hear him mention, you know, you can do anything. You, you just have to put your mind to it and believe you can do it and blah, blah, blah. And he, he's literally walking proof of that. I mean, come on for nearly about four years of rehab of just telling yourself, um, you have one goal in mind. You can do this. You can do that. Um, so for me, I thought I thought that was wild, man, to overcome all that. And, and I think we all kind of felt the same way uh, about that side of Aaron Barrett. Yeah, yeah for sure. And, and and to touch on what you're saying, like the drive and determination to make it back to the big leagues, and just to that moment when he is there and he he's finally in his comfortable zone. He's where he belongs. And something that he can now take forward and build off of, you know, he, he doesn't have to go through all of that rehab, hopefully not again, but he doesn't have to look at, Oh, I'm going to rehab tomorrow. I'm going to rehab. Now it's, I'm going to the big leagues. I'm going to, you know, progress in my, in my future and make it, make my indent in the, in the MLB. So uh, no, I think that you're absolutely right. The, the adversity that he over overtook and, and conquered, I mean, it's second to none for sure. And and he I I said it in the interview, but dude should write a book. Like yeah. something that he should put out there where just telling his story, if anything, not yeah. necessarily like a motivational speaker type book, but just, just to get it out tell there. A story and show people like this is what I did and I made it. Like if I could do this who knows what you can do, you know, yeah. like just something that's out there. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's part of what we're doing telling this podcast too, is to tell people stories, to tell people, you know, 
these people that are at the top of their game, whether it's sports or in any industry, you know, it, it's not easy. You don't just walk through from getting drafted to the big leagues. And, oh, and it's just peachy from there on out. Cause that's not how it is. And that's not how it is for a lot of people in many different uh, jobs. But to wrap up kind of what you guys were saying, he gives a lot of credit to Washington. And I know I was a little combative in, uh, in him doing that. And I'm, I wasn't saying that the Nationals didn't do him anything. Like, yeah, they gave him the opportunity. But when he was trying to say that, that it's like that he almost what, didn't want to give himself the credit for what he did. He was very he's the one who on woke up every He's the one that woke up every morning and said, I got to get up and go to rehab. He's the one that said, I'm going to continue my career. He's the one that put in all these hours, went back to short season, went back to A ball, was 31 in double A after being in the big leagues. Like, I'm sorry, you don't wake up and like have a smile on your face to, to be in A ball again after you've been in the big leagues for years, you know? So, yes, you know, the organization, they do give players opportunities to come back from injury they do give the opportunity to be in the big leagues but in a case like this you know you look like someone like this you look at johnny venters who's had you know three tommy johns then that's Mm -hmm. them that's their determination that's their will that wakes them up every morning and says i'm gonna get back on that field that's that's a lot harder that's probably harder than the actual rehab part the rehab part, yeah, you know you got to go through that regardless. But the mental side of having to get up every day and be like, here we go again, not knowing if it's going to work, <laughs> not knowing if anything's going to work. That, the to unknown me, part is bizarre. I want, yeah. I, want him to get, I want him to have you know, people to give him that credit, and he needs to give himself that credit to have, you know, having done that every single day. Yeah. Yeah, well said. I agree with you there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It was it was well said. And um, going back to Johnny Venters and kind of his story, Aaron and Johnny were both in Harrisburg um, at at some point. I forget. Johnny was there for a couple weeks um, after the Nats brought him on. But between those two, I mean, unbelievable! Just the amount that both those guys overcame and um, right. had to deal with between the two of them. No, yeah. crazy. <laughs> um, Guys, what if you could put that into one arm? Right. All the stuff yeah. that's gone into both of those arms. As he mentioned, he was just breaking the drill bit. You know what I mean? Like, that's just yeah. stuff that's the, the whole thing about it is just freaky. You know what I mean? Um, from yeah, they couldn't use like the diamond and... cut ones. To, like, <laughs> yeah. Use the other drill bit, like, crazy. You have to grab the one out of your garage that you wore out. <laughs> But it was pretty cool to uh, to really see his story and that video kind of take off and go viral and see him get to throw out that first pitch. And, and like he said, that's a wild card game. You can get anyone out there, you know what I mean? Yep. But to choose him and he's in uniform and, um, I mean, he's just out there, hands up. I, I just couldn't imagine what that feeling is like. So. And his coach being the catcher. like yeah. I mean – And, Danny, I don't know awesome. if you know Lee Croy, but – my goodness, he is – I don't know if you can say, say a bad thing meet. about him. Yeah, between Adam LaRoche, um, Barrett, and Lee Croy, I mean, three of probably the most genuine people you'll you'll ever meet. Lee Croy was a coach in the minor leagues when I was young. I want to say in 13 – yeah, it had to have been 13. 13, he became our bullpen uh, coach, and it was awesome to have him on our team. Um, I never got to play for him as him being my manager in the Myers or anything, but to be with him for 13 and 14 during those seasons, I mean, great guy, just one of the biggest hearts you'll, you'll ever meet. It, yeah. it, one of the best. Yeah. I think, is he an SEC guy? or He's he a Clemson guy. Oh, is that ACC? ACC, yeah. Brutal. But he swear by him. Those are both bad. Yeah. No, nah, he was he was awesome. to the West Coast and play some real baseball. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of the West Coast, I'll never forget that time. We were it was us two, it was one of the first times uh, I was watching BP by like uh, on the field and <laughs> by the cage and he he was asking me where I was from and uh, I told him I said yeah uh, he was like, Oh, you're an Angel fan? I told him, you know, family season seats, go to games. And I brought up I remember seeing you in the playoffs, blah blah blah, and he was like that damn rally monkey, man. I tell you what. 
So for us people here on the West Coast, I'm sure we can appreciate that. I guess the rally monkey really did work. Don't look into the monkey's eyes. Yeah, I thought it was hilarious that that he brought that up. But no, it was it was, and for all that to come full circle, like you mentioned, he you know Lee Croy catching that first pitch, and that's a that's a huge moment for both of them. I mean, yeah. he was there along the ride with Aaron, so. Pretty cool, uh, pretty cool stuff. Final thoughts for you guys before uh, before we wrap this thing up. Just it. Anyone that's listening, just go do your thing. Don't give up. It's um, man, there's plenty of people that'll tell you to stop, to to not you know follow your dreams or not to. So you go out, do your thing, take care of your business. If you got a dream, go after it. Go after it wholeheartedly. Do, you know, commit your life to it. I, I couldn't agree more with, with what Danny was just saying there. I mean, especially in times like now, uh, with everything going on in the world, like a lot of a lot of dreams are put on hold or might not be available anymore. But for you to just keep your focus, if it's something you want, something you love, um, I mean, your your mind can do crazy things So uh, and put you into the right positions that you need to be and keep going forward. Well said, fellas. Perfect uh, end to a um awesome story that that we hope to share and uh get out there with a lot of people um motivating stuff and and just uh, a good story to tell about a good person um so that's uh that does it here for connected by seams thanks again for tuning in uh to episode two we hope you enjoyed our chat with world series champion aaron barrett a reminder you can now check us out on twitter at cbs pods instagram at CBS underscore podcast. And then you can find us on Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube. Um, just search Connected by Steams. We're, uh, we're all over the place. We hope you guys can check it out and enjoy. Um, but again, that does it for Connected by Steams. For my partners, Danny Espinoza and Garrett Smith, I'm Seth Smith signing out. We'll catch you on the flip side. <laughs>